I woke up to the sound of footsteps outside my bedroom door. My heart was pounding as I tried to listen carefully. The footsteps seemed to be getting closer. I was paralyzed with fear, wondering who could be walking around my house at this time of night. I quietly slipped out of bed and peered through my bedroom door, trying to catch a glimpse of whoever or whatever was walking around my house. But the darkness was too thick and I couldn't see anything. Suddenly I heard a loud creaking noise and I realized that someone was opening the door to my bedroom. I didn't know what to do. Should I run or confront the person? But as the door opened, I saw nobody there. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and my heart was racing even faster than before. I slowly walked towards the door, trying to be as quiet as possible. My hands were shaking, and my mind was racing with fear and confusion. Was this a dream, or was someone really in my house? As I stepped out of my room, I could hear a strange noise like a soft whisper coming from the darkness. It sounded like someone was breathing heavily right outside my door. My heart was pounding so hard that I couldn't think straight. I stumbled backwards and ended up falling down the stairs. I felt myself tumbling downwards, seemingly in slow motion, until I hit the bottom with a loud thud. I looked up to see a shadowy figure standing over me, and my heart stopped. I couldn't move or scream. The figure slowly started to take shape, revealing itself to be a person, but their face was completely covered. I couldn't see who it was, but I knew I was in danger. I tried to crawl away, but the figure caught up to me and reached out, grabbing me by the hair. I screamed in terror, but no sound came out. I felt like I was drowning in my own fear as the figure slowly dragged me towards my bedroom. That was the last thing I remembered before waking up in the hospital. The doctors told me that I had suffered a concussion, but I couldn't help thinking about who or what had come into my house that night. The memory of those footsteps, the whispers in the darkness, and the figure that had haunted my nightmares ever since has never left me. To this day, I still wonder what could be lurking in the shadows of my home, waiting to strike again. First time hunting about six years ago in my early 20s. I was with two friends from high school that I hadn't seen in a few years. One of the guys, say his name is Freddy, had gone silent on me and my other friend, let's say Jacob. Freddy came back into town and went drinking with Jacob. Jacob calls me saying Freddy is back and wants to go camping. Turns into hunting pretty quick. Here's the weird part. Freddy had this unmistakable scar over his eye, like he'd been in a fight with a guy and like the movies. The knife was pressed down. I'd asked Jacob and he hadn't checked as to why. But we found out pretty quick the guy was nuts, so who knows. Freddy says he remembered hunting there with his dad. Mind you, we were supposed to be camping. He said the location was just up the way. A few shots of tequila and about five more just up the ways and Freddy stops. He looks back. I realize it's twilight and darkness is falling on us fast. Freddy, Jacob, I think this is where it happened. Jacob looks back at me, bewildered. Jacob... What's that man, Freddy, where it almost killed me? About that time, the tequila buzz amped up and I laughed out loud.
Turns out Freddy didn't like this and took off running. We try to catch up, but he's like gone gone. So drunk Jacob and I had to pop open our easy setup tent and stay the night in Bamf, Montana. Jacob and I start talking about Freddy, his history, the eye, and where the F he went to. Throughout the night we heard what we thought for sure was him. Same cough and all. We start laughing about old times and must have passed out. I hear a zipper and see a dim light through the film of the tent. It's Freddy. Hey guys, get the F up. I'm freaking out. Buzz had worn off, but Jacob and I were totally confused. Freddy. My friend Sam doesn't believe me when I tell him I got friends. Or something to that effect. Sam turned out to be a deep woodsman from the back country. A true hillbilly hick in every sense. Dude smelled like compost and I couldn't see much of him, just silhouette. Jacob pulls a gun and tells them to F off. We get out, leaving everything behind. I was still a bit too drunk to process what happened. The sun comes up and we hit the main road again after what was probably two hours if walking. I sober up completely and Jacob tells me something that I still remember. He said he never drank the tequila, only I did, and that when I started rambling all weird, he knew Freddy had slipped us something. Freddy never had a friend with him, turns out I hallucinated it. I guess he had slipped me something that made me hallucinate all the conversations and everything. The one accurate part I got right was Freddy had taken off running, but it wasn't long. He came back, telling Jacob he led us out there to hunt us and wanted us to run. Jacob pulled his gun he had packed against my wishes and freaked old Freddy out, and he ran off for good. It was a rough end to what was a decent friendship in school. No telling what his scar was from and what happened to him, but we clearly lost all contact, and I bought Jacob a real shot of tequila after we got back into town the next weekend. He saved me. The kicker was he didn't even have any bullets in the gun. He said he forgot to load it. Still freaks me out. This story almost belongs on no sleep, but I swear it's real. Hiking along a section of the PCT with my aunt and dog after three days, we found ourselves at an impassable river crossing with the dog and have to head back. Reluctant to go over the mountain passes we just did, we pulled out our map and find what seems to be an interesting trail through the Ansel Adams wilderness to that will put us back where we started. We go to a resupply point, got some dinner and a shower, and ask if we can get a four-wheeler right up the road to the trailhead. They say nobody goes up that road and we couldn't get one, but a man on vacation with his family offers to help up out. We drive about two miles up the road, and it proves to be so washed out. It becomes impossible to drive further, so we then him for his help and continue on foot. We walk another three miles or so to the trailhead, and find it completely destroyed by fallen over trees, and it looks like no one has been there for decades. Turns out this was an old logging road used in that area before it became a wilderness area 50 or 60 years ago. So we start hiking down the, the trail another four miles until we camp for the night. Along this trail we see nothing but bear tracks and deer tracks. No people tracks, horses, or anything. 
We even stumble on a bear in the middle of taking a dump on the side of the trail and scare him off. From our camp, the road or trail gets really tough. It was about six miles of climbing over giant fir trees one after another. We finally reached an opening and followed it for about another mile until amazingly we couldn't believe it. But we came up on a two-story building way out there in the middle of nowhere, 15 miles from the nearest people and 50 from any civilization. This place was super eerie. The house was straight out of the Blair Witch, and it must have been there since before it became a wilderness area. This where thing got weird. We found a sign here for our trail that pointed directly into thick brush and bushes. This is when we knew we were a little screwed. We decided that we should just go for it anyway. We were too far to turn back now and luckily we had a GPS to help guide us even without a trail. So we go through the bushes and follow what used to be a trail. We get about another mile or so down the trail before I notice barefoot human prints. Let me remind you that I've been seeing bear prints and cougar prints along this trail the whole time. These were human. I put my size 11 hiking shoe over it, and they were the same size and shape and asked my aunt if I was going crazy and she agreed it was human. We walked another 500 yards down the trail with human prints, leading us to what looked like either a dump or a homeless camp. There was a tarp strung up, trash bags piled up, and garbage scattered all over next to the creek. Nope, F that. No more investigating this creepy place in the middle of nowhere. We just hiked as fast as we could continuing up the hill and away from that place as possible with the eerie feeling that someone was watching us for miles. We continued the way we did hiking with no trail for another 12 miles until we reached a maintained trail on the other side of the pass along some really pretty areas that probably haven't been seen in years. But seeing a homeless Bigfoot camp in the middle of nowhere was not one of them. However, when I was younger, my father bought a plot of reclaimed coal mines land. It was quite literally in the midst of hundreds of acres of wilderness. Me and my younger brother would play in the woods around our house and we found some interesting stuff. There was an old wooden wagon that was broken down and rotting that we found. We also found what looked like the remnants of an old cable pulley system with wooden buckets attached to it. The thing that scared me the most happened to me and my best friend at the time. We were outside playing basketball when these shadowy figures appeared at the edge of the forest. There were four of them and they were completely black except for their eyes. It was like a pinprick through paper that when you shine a light on it, the paper is the shadow and hole is this area of light. That's what their eyes looked like. They knew us by name and called out to us. They were calling us over to them. We ran away into the house and didn't come out for a long time. This happened when I was eight or nine years old and I guess I repressed it. But I kept having this memory of these shadow people and my friend. At first I thought it was just a dream that I'd had, but the memory was persistent. When I was much older, I believe mid-twenties, I was with my friend and told him that I had a question that I needed to ask him. I told him that it was going to sound crazy, but it happened while we were playing basketball when we were younger. He instantly answered saying the shadow people at the edge of the woods. It completely threw me. 
He verified that it had truly happened without me really asking about it. It still shakes me to this day when I think about it. Home for summers during college friends, and I would often grab a couple of 12 packs and drive off into the woods somewhere and have a little fire. Nothing crazy, just a few beers and shooting the shit. Our normal spot had gotten blown up, someone had blocked off the road, so we decided to go off in the woods on my friend's farm. There was no road, so we are just walking through the woods in the dark, looking for a good spot when we hear koi dogs howling in the distance. Then we hear koi dogs howling from behind us. Eventually, they are howling all around us and clearly getting closer. We noped the F out and ran back to the car. I was walking on the Jedediah Smith Redwood State Park in the Stout Memorial Grove. It is approximately one mile in circumference. I was going to go to the left and circle around. But there were two young guys that started to walk off trail to a big tree, so I went to the right. I thought it was the two guys messing around, but I didn't hear any laughter after it. The hair on my arms stood up after I heard screams. I turned around immediately to leave because it was getting late, around 6.40 p.m., and the sun was starting to set. About 20 feet back down the trail, I noticed a black figure standing about 120 feet from where the two young guys were standing earlier. At first, I thought it was a bear standing up because it was about 7 feet tall and backlit by the sun. The face was partially obscured by a branch, and it was too far away to detect an odor. I took two quick photos of it and left. I didn't realize what I had photographed until later when I reviewed the photos. Unfortunately, they're bad, so I won't post them here. Also, the creature was strikingly all black. Seven-foot tall animal standing on hind legs. Its weight looked to be between 250 to 400 pounds and looked like a bodybuilder. It had a long muzzle, long pointed ears with tufts on them, really long arms with a big chest and a smaller waist. A branch covered a portion of its face. It was about 30 yards away. This was not a bear, it looked like a werewolf. It was on a hot summer night that I was out in the dark woods with my neighbor, whom I'm pretty close with. He was like extended family, honestly. The fact that I didn't even know we were going until that night when I was sitting at home in front of my laptop playing video games. My neighbor came over to see me, and he asked me if I wanted to go camping with him and his family. It had been a while since we last did anything together, so of course I said yes. It would have just given us an excuse not to go to school for a couple of days. This was in September, so school had just started back up, and the coldness of fall had not yet come, so it was perfect. The next day, his family and I gathered our camping gear. We're driving down a dark road with tall trees on the other side of it. It was getting dark quickly, so we had to turn the lights on, unfortunately, which means we would have had to set up in the dark. So we're driving for about an hour, but it felt like it took forever. My friend's dad turned left at an unmarked intersection where there wasn't even a sign saying that this was the right turn off the road. 
The road got bumpy and rocky as he drove over this very raw, unpaved road. That's when we came across a large clearing because all I could see around was trees and darkness. Where we stopped at this makeshift campground, I say that because there was no clear indicated spot to set up a tent, a spigot, a bathroom, or anything. This was truly camping just down the middle of nowhere, perfect. Now I need to say that it was pitch blackout, and it had gotten really cold now that the sun had set, but we were all so higher up in elevation, so we got everything set up quickly and decided we would huddle up in the tent together that my friend's father had set up for us. But I just had this feeling lingering within me that we weren't alone. Now my brain was playing tricks on me, so I decided to step out and get some fresh air. It was eerily quiet until I heard this screaming noise. My heart began pounding fast as if it knew what was coming. Then we heard a wrestling noise in the bushes, more screaming from the woods. I was so scared that my friend told me to come back into the tent. Now not only could we all hear the noises, but then as I got back in the tent and we shined our light, we could see something moving outside the tent. This shape, my friend's dad got a flashlight shining at it. That's when this thing begins screaming and thrashing. Now we're all yelling, freaking out because we can see the shape of this thing more. It looked like an animal, but all we could see was this large shape, and it was terrifying. Looking from the silhouette, it looked like an upright deformed reindeer or something, and it had long claws. It was where we being pranked. I wasn't even sure. It screamed again in our direction, and we just prayed for it to leave. It walked around our tent, and we all kept our flashlights shining at it through the tent material, only revealing its silhouette. But one thing I noticed is it never came closer to the tent. It's like it was pissed that we set up camp here in its area. I get it. This probably sounds like some sort of amateur creepypasta, but tell it to my family, my friend's family, and me who have to deal with the memory of this thing. We stopped hearing it almost literally after we all pretty much urinated all over our sleeping bags out of terror. Surprisingly, none of us had any weapons on us. Somehow we all forgot. We got lucky that night, but who knows what would have happened if it were to come back and possibly check out our tent. Now of course my friend's dad regrets that he didn't bring any weapons. He forgot. He normally always carries a pistol. I went home the next day, and we didn't get any sleep that night. What was designed to be a civil day trip turned into a quick overnight terror. I've not been able to go camping since. I don't think I ever will, you know. And I'm also not sure what this thing was or where it came out of. I haven't really sat down to try and research either. I don't really care. I just want to get rid of this memory. The encounter only lasted a few seconds, but it was one of those what the F am I sharing airspace with moments. He was in the US Navy flying P-3's subhunters back in the 80s, and was on one of his many flights jumping from one island to another way out in the Pacific. At one point he was on another one of his long hauls somewhere over the ocean hundreds of miles away from anything. At around one or so his co-pilot spotted some kind of aircraft coming from the right side well ahead of them at a much lower altitude. It didn't have any position lights on or anti-collision lights, 
just a few night formation light strips. They could only see a bit of moonlight reflecting off it, but could tell it was something somewhat small-ish, as in not a bomber, sleek, and definitely not a B-2, going by how it looks after the fact. This debuted in 97 or F-117 or any other plane he recognized, but it looked like it would have been a stealth fighter or attack plane for sure. My dad flashed his landing lights to basically say, Hi, we're flying here. Daffuck you doing? At this point, the other plane turned off its green nighttime navigation lights and visibly picked up its pace. They got one last look at its moonlit features before it went under their nose. There was no trace of it after that. They flew the rest of the trip assuming they were being monitored very closely. Nothing ended up happening, and they didn't tell anyone or so he tells me. If anything else did happen, he probably isn't allowed to say. He was 100% positive it was military, but he has no idea what. Whatever it was, he clearly wasn't meant to see it, and he was flying right above it. Hundreds of miles away from civilization and thousands away from the mainland. Edit, and I should also clarify. The B-2 obviously wasn't out at the time this happened, but it was when he told me this. Knowing how it looked after the fact, he was sure it wasn't a B-2. I'm a police officer, so I had just finished my shift and was on my current way home. I had stopped off at Wendy's to grab a quick bite to eat. It was right around midnight, so the drive through was pretty dead. As I went through the line, I saw this thing just standing there, watching me from across the parking lot. Not sure what it was, but it looked really tall and skinny, with gangly arms and legs hanging out. It gave me this very uneasy feeling, and I watched it as it turned and walked away over to some shrubbery behind one of those big light poles by the parking lot exit and entrance. I try not to think too much of it and just drove away. There's just something about what I saw that still really spooked me. I feel very unsettled in my stomach just thinking back to it. As I was getting home from work, I was still shaken up. I could not stop thinking about what I saw, so I decided to show my son and daughter 8 and 10, who were getting ready for bed, about what had rattled me so badly. Not that I could actually show them, but at least tell them. My kids kind of just looked at me like I was crazy, but being kids, I found they would believe me a lot more than my wife would. Then they started telling me about Slenderman, which sounds like it might be what I saw, but I don't know any of these creepopasta characters kids watch nowadays. Could you kindly give me any information on what do you think I saw, and was this paranormal or not? God, I really want to tell this to people. So a few months ago, my girlfriend and I went to a public state park. It is not like a middle of nowhere, but still not many people around, and it was in the afternoon that a strange thing happened. When we were heading out of the park, we saw a car that was traveling on the opposite side toward us. Then the car turned right, it was a sedan. We thought there was a road right there. And when we got to the section where that car turned, we didn't see any road, but only high grass and big trees. I asked my girlfriend, Did you see that red car just now? I thought it turned right around here. She said, 
I saw a car too, but it was white, wasn't it? We looked at each other's for a few seconds and quickly left that area. That was weird. Visiting a friend in California. My last night there and we're talking about how I hadn't seen any redwoods. So we hop in the car at 11 o'clock at night and head off to some forest trail that he knows. We get there and there is a gate with a sign on it which we don't read. He's carrying his toy poodle. We walk a little ways but the trees aren't that big. He says they get bigger further in and sparks up a joint and we keep walking. Maybe a half mile and we hear the loudest scream I have ever heard. We stop and looked at each other and my friend says, I think someone just got murdered. We stood there for a few minutes to see if we heard anything else, and then we heard it again. It seemed to be closer, but it was tough to tell as it was echoing. Still no clue what it is, but we decide we should probably get out of there. Didn't really think much of it afterwards until I read an article about a mountain lion stalking someone, and there was audio of the sound mountain lions make. I send the link to my friend saying I think we are lucky to be alive. He laughs and says, You know I was up that way recently and noticed that the sign on the gate is a warning for mountain lions in the area. I was fishing in this little pond in the woods near my buddy's house. I heard a growling from across the water, but it was a really deep growl. I look up and I saw what can only be described as a Sasquatch. It was looking right at me from across the lake, which is about 100 feet away. Then it dropped on its belly and I want to say crawled away because that was the motion, but it was super fast. Reminded me of a liquor from Resident Evil. I literally peed my pants and whimpered a little and was in shock for a moment. I never told a soul because who would believe me? I've received many strange, bizarre calls as an officer. This is one of them. The call came in as a woman reporting to the police that she had heard and seen a large dog trying to break into her home. She sounded frantic. It told me she saw the creature trying to get in through her door several times before dialing 911. The dispatcher asked if the animal was actually inside her home. She told us no. The dispatcher asked if this thing was trying to get inside her house. She said yes and told the dispatcher that this was a large, vicious dog, larger than any dog she'd ever seen before. This continued on for several minutes until I finally arrived on the scene. I got out of my car and walked towards the house, flashlight in hand and ready for anything. Then I knocked on the front door. I waited several seconds and there was no response. I knocked again, still nothing. So I walked around the back of her home to see if she had gotten out another exit or entrance. I didn't want to break down her door. Maybe she wasn't in danger after all. About halfway up the driveway at the side of her house, I noticed a large missing section of fence that looked to be torn down, leading right off to the woods in the property next door. Then it occurred to me there were also large canine tracks that led over this fence right in the dirt, leading up to the house. As I crouched down, shined my flashlight, and began trying to investigate, I saw something that will haunt me forever. 
Growling at me from less than 20 feet away was a snarling wolf-like creature, standing on two legs right by the tree line leading off into the woods. This creature lowered its head and growled, and then jumped off quickly into the darkness of the forest. I had my gun drawn and ready, and as this thing disappeared and I kept my gun focused, two men appeared on the property whom I did not recognize. They were not fellow officers. They told me they were related to the woman inside. They both had firearms drawn but kept them by their side. I asked them if they knew what was going on. They both looked at me like I had two heads. The one guy said, you don't know. The second man just nodded toward the creature, whispering something. He began to tell me that this home is being attacked by a strange creature, the same creature that also attacked his daughter while he was trying to get her home from school just weeks ago. They were kind of like an unofficial band of men who were trying to track down this creature. He also informed me they had been tracking this beast for weeks after it killed several livestock in another rural area. I began to inform him about animal control, but he said that they had already done so and they did not believe us. And then he showed me photos of his wife's injuries after this beast tried to kill her in cold blood. That photo will stay with me. His photo was of his wife laying on an emergency room table, fresh stitches all across her right side, face, and neck, and also needing her jaw wired shut due to nearly being bitten off by this thing. Immediately, both men's attention went right towards the woods where this creature disappeared, both drawing the firearm. The one man with the photo began shooting several times, and just then, we could hear the growling. And just there, faintly beyond the light of the house in the darkness, was this creature again. I've been trying to figure out what I was looking at. Werewolves aren't real. What else could this thing be if it's not a werewolf? Was this thing possibly some kind of mutation, or maybe some sort of lab experiment? I don't know, but it kind of vanished again in the woods, and things seemed to calm down that night. I took the names and members of the two gentlemen who seemed to want to help, and let me know if there's anything I could share with them to help track down this strange creature. The woman inside the house refused to speak to me, or even come out and acknowledge my presence. I think she was so frightened by what had just happened. Personally, I have no explanations for any of this. I just know that it was a very, very strange call and a very strange night. I was hunting down in Stephenville, Texas during whitetail season. I was up in a tripod overlooking a pasture. Behind me about 50 yards away was a dry riverbed, but you couldn't see it because a dense screen of trees grew along both sides of the riverbed but you could hike to it, and there was another spot I would sometimes hunt on the other side. It was getting late, but there was still a decent amount of light. I had seen absolutely nothing that day, not even critters, so I'm sitting up in my tripod just watching when all of a sudden from behind me in or around the riverbed, I hear the most ungodly shriek-howl roar that made my hair stand on end, and I damn well near peed my pants. It continued for about three minutes until it suddenly stopped, and that's about when I decided to call it a night. Ran the whole way back to my vehicle. I didn't see it, and I, to this day, I still wonder what it was. 
Didn't sound like a bobcat or coyote and Stephenville isn't exactly known for its big cats or any cryptids. Maybe some of you hunters out there have experienced something similar. I had horses out in the pasture. My two brothers, my sister, and I think one of the boy's friends went out to see the horses. We had 80 acres which butted up to logging property in wilderness. The river was across the dirt road from our property. We went out all the time in the dark, it didn't bother us at all. I rode my horse all over the hills and was never afraid. Well anyway, we went out to find the horses and I had a flashlight I was shining in the field looking for them. I had it at chest height sweeping the field. When I shone it back across the flat part of the field towards the river I saw two orange glowing eyes looking at me. I didn't hear anything at all. It didn't move. There are no trees in that part of the field and whatever it was, was taller than me. I have never been so afraid in my life. All the hair stood up on my body and I felt weak. Never have I felt that way and I have been in the woods all my life. I knew whatever it was, I was not supposed to be there. As I watched the strange thing was it closed its left eye and turned its head to the right. This was strange to me because I thought an animal would just turn its head out of the light, and that would mean it's right I would leave view first. Anyway, I still did not hear anything as I turned around and started running for the house. I tried to get everyone in, but they would not come all the way into the house. I, on the other hand, did not go out at night again for a long time. Another time, when we were hunting in, say, 2004 around Green Peter, I was walking behind my husband, and in the mud I saw a track. I stopped and looked at it and looked again. I was kind of embarrassed to say anything, but I know in my heart it was a Bigfoot track. It had all the toes and the big toe was prominent. The back was kind of messed up because it was on a slope, but I know it was one. I wish I would have taken a picture of it. I wish I had not been embarrassed to say anything. My husband's family was camping in a houseboat on Lake Shasta when he was young. Him and his grandpa got up early to fish, and they looked up on a hill in a clear cut, and saw a black thing stand up and walk across the clear cut. Both my husband and his grandpa recall it. I don't know the year, but it must have been about 26 years ago. His grandpa told me the story and swears it was not a bear. Well, I hope I see another one. I hope it is not up close, but I want to prove to myself that it is real. I'm in the Navy and about 12 years ago, I was standing watch in a submarine engine room. We were underway, can't for the life of me remember where to, from, or just making circles. It was the mid-watch and I sat down to catch up on some logs. That's when I heard a woman's voice and felt the hairs on my neck stand straight up. No women on subs, then I got up, looked around and found the other watches shooting the shit or doing their daily tasks. I thought maybe I had dozed off and dreamt it. I sat back down and heard it again, and it sounded like it was coming from outside the hatch I was sitting under. I said F this shit out loud and went to just be around the other guys on watch. I still get chills thinking about it, even now.
My husband, now X, and I were hiking cross-country in Oregon, mostly following a creek bed that didn't seem to be used much, if at all, by other hikers. When we came around a bend in the creek, we saw something that seemed quite tall. Maybe as tall as a moose, but not a moose. At first I thought it was a bear standing up, but it was moving away from us. Going in the same direction as us, across a rocky creek meadow that had opened up suddenly, and that also had several boulders strewn about. It looked over its shoulder briefly, during one of its strides, like a nonchalant or natural action. Not a craning of the neck or anything, and continued on. It was almost like its head automatically turned slightly in the direction of the back swinging arm. It seemed I could make out arms swinging, but I admit my mind was whirling. It was not a moose. The face was flat, there was no rack or anything animal looking about it. It then turned away from the creek bed and went up the mountainside. Although I got the impression that this was not a last-minute, panicked decision because of us. Just that it was continuing on its original planned course, very leisurely looking. It mostly went straight up very easily and just barely cutting across the natural slope. Either this thing had been right in front of us for a while, moving along the same creek bed, or we caught it just having come off the mountain or just having started to move off at that point. It seemed more like it had been ahead of us the whole time, which was a creepy feeling. Anyway, I had not been looking for any footprints, I'm a rock hunter, and had no belief or interest in Bigfoot at that time. Details of location and terrain are few, but I have seen elk, moose, buffalo, and grizzly bear in various other treks. This seemed at first glance, and without much to use for scale, to be much larger than any of those, and appeared to be on two legs taller than it was long or wide. I only got glimpses of it as it went around boulders, trees, etc., and I did not attempt to get closer. We immediately headed back the way we came and spent one uneasy night in the wilderness before getting back to our car probably about a six-hour hike in. I do know I forced my husband to put as much distance as possible between us and the thing that night. I even forced us to go on in the dark using flashlights as slow going as it was jumping at every cracking tree limb and every rustle of a bush. That's it, except for the one other thing I did notice before I turned and scurried away, practically knocking over my husband in my desire to run. I grew up in a house where my backyard was a huge forest in rural Illinois. When I was a kid, I loved being outdoors and would take every possible opportunity to run amok in the woods with my best friend. When we were younger, 11-12, we stayed closer to the house and the outskirts and climbed the trees. As we got older, 13-15, we would venture deep, walking and swimming in the rivers and building little forts. When I was 16, the forest was roped off and closed off to the public, as a company had began illegally dumping lead or mercury into the woods, but that's another story. It was the middle of a hot summer, and I was about 15 at the time. Dusk was approaching and my friend had to go home for dinner, but I wasn't quite ready to leave. We parted ways and I climbed up a tree near my favorite spot over the river. Now these woods backed up to a local gun club, so it wasn't uncommon to hear shooting. 
However, this gun club was contained in its own private property, and the members never ventured out into the forest. I sat in my tree for a little bit and ate the blackberries I'd picked earlier while watching it get darker, when I suddenly spotted movement out of the corner of my eye. At first I assumed it was a younger deer because it was larger but not huge, but I quickly realized it was a man. He seemed to be in his late thirties or early forties, and he wore a black t-shirt and camo pants with creepy, wiry facial hair. He was skulking like he didn't want to be seen. I thought this was odd, but had no intention of making my presence known since something felt wrong, and being a 15-year-old girl alone in the woods, I knew I was at a disadvantage. I slowed my breath down and watched. At first, he didn't say anything as he walked around the base of the trees. It was around that time that I realized he had a gun slung over his back. Once he got near the river where my friend and I had been loudly goofing off maybe ten minutes earlier, he started calling out, Hey, anyone here? Help. While grabbing his rifle. When there was no response and no noise, he gave up after a few minutes and began walking downstream. I waited until it was pitch black before sliding out of that tree as quietly as I could, running home and having my parents call the cops. They never found anything. I could never bring myself to go back. My name is Officer T. Williamson, and I'm currently an officer in a small town east of Phoenix, Arizona. My encounter involves an online report that I had read from a man who goes by the name of Ken. The report detailed how he and his family have been being harassed by what they believe to be a demon for almost three years now. Mr. Ken begins the report by describing the very first encounter he had with this evil entity, which occurred back in the fall of 2013 at their home in Arizona. While nobody else was around except for his wife, who at the time was taking a shower, he explains that out of nowhere, he hears her scream from upstairs. So he runs up there to see what's wrong, only to find her standing there frozen with terror written all over her face, staring into the nothingness. When he asked her what was wrong, she described a tall, dark figure standing in the corner of their bedroom right outside of their bathroom door. Mr. Ken claims that when he looked in the same corner, all he saw was a pitch-black void where the figure had been standing, which caused this intense feeling of dread to come over him, made him feel as if death were staring him into his very soul. He told his wife there's nothing there, let her out of the bathroom for fear of her safety, after she clearly voiced concern about going back into the room, and with it still being very present, she had a hard time even going back in there, just turning off the shower. Ken then explains how throughout the next three years, this entity would go on to harass the family, manifesting in just about a different form every night. Whether it be the same dark figure or sometimes this evil-looking known creature with red eyes, and another time he claims it appeared as a spirit made of pure fire. He said that although nothing ever physically happened to anybody within the house, everyone has experienced scratch marks, cuts, bruising all over their bodies for no real reason at all, all happening at separate times. 
Ken, too, claims that whatever this thing is, loves to stand outside the bathroom door while people are showering and appears to be immune to things like crosses or crucifixes or even holy water. Going deeper into the report that I read, it didn't go into too much more detail about this entity. But from what Ken did say, it sounded like this was a type of spirit that takes the form it believes will frighten its victim, the most a shape-shifting spirit. That being said, if Ken's family has been dealing with one for almost three years, I would say they have done very well in keeping whatever this thing was harassing them away from harming anybody. I'm not sure why this thing chose to show itself now after all these years, but maybe something happened recently to make it think attacking them might be possible. It also makes me wonder whether or not whoever wrote this report actually recorded everything their demon did throughout all the years and left that stuff out when writing about it, just in case anybody reading it decided to call them out on their story. I don't think what Ken has been experiencing was either a demon or a bogart, but an entity that he and his family unintentionally invoked by possibly playing around with some kind of occult paraphernalia which caused a ritualistic nightmare spirit to cross over from the spirit realm into their home, which they then failed to send back. If this really did go on for three years straight, I would say whatever is going on with their house definitely falls under the paranormal category instead of something rational. Like waking up at night and scratching yourself with your eyes still closed because you were dreaming about scratching yourself when in reality you're just moving around in your sleep due to maybe a medical condition or maybe even suffering from sleep paralysis. Sometimes you just have to take people who claim they are being harassed by something invisible with a grain of salt. I mean, even if it is real, there might just be some sort of logical explanation of what's going on that they possibly haven't thought of yet. I live in an odd little place in Appalachia that was supposedly carved out of the mountains by a meteor. There is a 360 degree view of mountains around me at all times. Well, when I was in middle school, I got really into mountain biking. It was the 90s, don't ask. So because I was so young and since my mom didn't want me to be on some random mountain path that didn't have anyone on it for months, she would only let me go on deep trail with the guy who owned the bike shop and was also a co-worker as she was a teacher. Well, it had been months since I started doing weekly rides with the guy Joe was his name and a few other guys he had rode with. We went up this place we called Lake Hill as it was the road to the city's water supply which was a lake-sized natural spring. We'd been riding for hours. I mean like daybreak to probably an hour before dark. We just got to the point where we were going to turn around when we crest this hill and bam. There stands a dude. Wearing camo gear, a yellow raincoat in the middle of summer, standing about 15 feet away from a four-wheeler with a shotgun in his hand. Joe, who was the most athletic of us, was in front. I think I had gotten behind him and there were two other guys behind me. When you're pedaling a mountain bike up a steepish hill, you're not looking forward, you're looking down or at least at the ground. You're studying where your wheel is going so you don't run over anything that might ruin your momentum. So when I ran into the back of Joe, I was kind of pissed. I looked up sharply and saw Joe, positioning himself between me and the dude. 
The man said nothing, not one single word, not a word of comfort or compassion for the fact we just ran up on him with a shotgun. This is the South, people are hospitable. You don't see two strangers in a deserted place not say hello to one another. I swear it might be the fact I've played this event over in my head dozens of times and want to read in it what I think was happening, or this is really what happened. Guy. These mother f have just found me harvesting my pot. What if they tell the cops? Can I afford to take that chance? I don't know, there are a few of them. Shit, that one's a kid. Because I could see an edge of tension bleed out of his face when he looked at me. I swear it was him deciding to kill Joe, then deciding not to kill me. Joe, to his credit, positioned himself between the man and me the whole time. Eventually, the dude hopped on his four-wheeler, covered in plants, and rode away. I never will forget that taste of exhaustion and adrenaline as we came off that hill. Luckily, in Mautang bike, riding the ups are the hard part. We were doing the fastest speed I still have ever done on a bike while in the mountains. I'm actually feeling cold and nervous talking about this.